What's up, everyone? Before we get into this podcast, I wanted to talk to you guys about what we have started at Slabstocks, and that is SGC grading submissions. So we are now officially a partner of SGC. We were partners of SGC, but we are now a group submitter for SGC. And if you're interested in that, you can learn more at slabstocks.com slash grading. But I want to talk to you about our August promotion, which we have going on right now. In August, every five cards you send in, you will get one free. So you send in five cards, you get a sixth for free. You send in 10 cards, you get 12 or two more for free. So you can send in 12. You send in 15 cards, you can send in 18 cards because you get three for free. The code is NTL22 for one free. NTL222, so 222 for two free. And then it goes down from there. NTL223 for three free. NTL224 for four free. NTL225 for five free. NTL226, you know, and, and so on and so forth down the line. If you got up to 50 cards and you wanted to send in 10 for free, so you'd send in 60 cards, it'd be NTL2210. So it's always NTL22 and then the number of free cards after that. Um, it is the best rate you will find anywhere this month. Um, it is only this August. We have a submission going out August 15th, so you probably won't be able to get your cards in by then. But we also have a submission going out August 30th. So as long as you your cards are in by August 29th, you can get a hold of this deal, and you can get the best, cheapest rate, around $20 a card that you will find anywhere on the internet so if you've got those bowman chrome prospects lying around and you've been meaning to grade them but it's just a little bit too expensive right now is the best chance you can get to grade with sgc through slab stocks and again if you want to learn more you can go to slabstocks.com slash grading g-r-a-d-i-n-g thanks guys and now on to the rest of the podcast Welcome back, everyone, to Dinging Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slab Stocks. I am Nate. We are here with Jimbo, and we are What's ready up? to talk to baseball. Always ready to talk baseball. Good stuff. So, there's a couple big things that have happened in the last couple days. Um, number one, the Braves are at it again. They're at their usual shenanigans. They decide that AAA is just not worthwhile of a place to send their prospects. So, like Michael Harris before him, Vaughn Grisham has gotten called up straight from double-A. And so, we will talk about that today with Jimbo because at the National, he uh, – well, I won't ruin it. We'll we'll let him explain. Um, there's also – I have a scenario that I ran into um, when researching some Fernando Tatis stuff for our five at five on slab stocks. If you haven't listened or watched the five, at five, please go do so. You can find it on YouTube. And uh, <clears throat> I'm going to kind of rehash what I talked about on there with Jimbo. So I can get his opinion on this. And then we are going to start off with a little bit of fun news today. Those are the only two things I have. I'm sure Jimbo has some prospects. He may want to talk about. Um, <clears throat> I do not, but uh, there is, there is one thing I want to talk about. Before we begin, get into the meat of this podcast, and that is the home run cycle. So uh, Jimbo saw this because we talked about it beforehand. 
And I'm sure some of you sitting at home say, what in the world is a home run cycle? Because it's only been done once in the history of professional baseball by Tyrone Horn of the St. Louis Cardinals AA affiliate on July 27th, 1998. And what the home run cycle is, is a solo home run, a two-run home run, a three-run home run, and a grand slam in the same game. So Tyrone Horn was the first in AA for the Cardinals um, 24 years ago. Chandler Redman of the Cardinals AA team was the second yesterday when he hit a solo home run, a two-run home run, a three-run home run, and a grand slam in the same game. What are the odds that the only two people to have ever done it both played for the same affiliate of the same organization? The Cardinals, man, they literally haunt us in every every aspect. They just they just keep doing what they do. They do. I uh, I have a lot of thoughts about the Cardinals. None of them good. Um, but I will say very impressive. Something that doesn't come up very often. <clears throat> I mean, we're talking baseball has been around since what 1882, something like that, and. It hadn't happened until 1998, and then it didn't happen again until 2022, so 24 years. So it's happened twice in 100-some years. It's happened twice also in the last 24 years, but uh, it's just its a crazy stat. It's a crazy thing. I'd never actually heard of it happening before because I'd never heard about this Tyrone guy. Amazing. Here, here's the thing. If, okay, if there's a guy that hits two bombs off me, or just two bombs against me, I'm not pitching to him the rest of the game. Like, that's the thing that's the craziest. Like, why are you still pitching? You know, something. So, I don't know. I was reading. I saw that yesterday. And I guess it is minor leagues. But uh, I was just like, man, that is incredible. I didn't even think. Like, when I saw that, I'm like, home run cycle. I'm like, what in the world does that even mean? Yeah. Very impressive. And I thought it was pretty cool. It was a fun baseball night all, yeah. all around. It really was. I mean, we've seen four home run games, right? Scooter Jeanette. Josh Hamilton, um, guys like that have had four home run games in the, <coughs> excuse me, in the relatively recent past. I think Scooter Jeanette was probably like five years ago or so. Um, don't quote me on that though. And um, that was probably the most shocking thing. But the fact that you get up four at bats and in those at bats, you've got just you, just one other guy on base, two other guys on base, and then three guys on base, and each one ends with a home run bonkers i mean that that's the type of night that chandler redmond will never forget um you and i will forget it within like uh probably a couple weeks that it even happened but <laughs> chandler redmond he will not forget this yeah i love i love when like when there's big moments like that in baseball that it's not just the player at the bat like at, at the plate or like you know the like a like a no hitter or a perfect game like i like how it there there has to be other aspects to it for it to happen like if, there, if he didn't have guys on base obviously that never happens um right. so i don't know i like i like that that aspect too give him the, at least the opportunity to do that like everything has to align me too i mean it's hard enough to hit four home runs in a game because it barely ever happens it's significantly harder for everything to line up perfectly like you said so a little a little fun a little fun intro to the episode today um but let's move on don't have the world's, you know, usually Jimbo and I can talk for an hour. Don't have an hour today. So we're going to, 
we're going to abbreviate it a little bit. Plus, Jimbo is uh, hanging out uh, with his parents, so we don't want to take that time away from him. Um, but let's talk about Vaughn Grisham. Let's talk about Vaughn Grisham. Uh, wow, what a night. So, you know, I was traveling back home to Ohio yesterday, like 15-hour drive uh, from, from where I'm at down in Georgia. And while we're driving – uh, you know, I get the alert, Vaughn Grissom gets called up. And I was like, what? And literally I was on Twitter the night before asking a few Braves reporters like, Hey, what's your thoughts on Vaughn Grissom? They're like, you know, I saw some tweets with it flirting that he might get the call up with Ozzy out. And I'm just thinking like, wow, that is, I would think that they would bring up the, the Shumeki kid. Cause he's a little more stable, uh, like in the, in the infield personally. Um, you know, the, the bat isn't as, as exciting, but I was like, oh, they definitely would bring up a kid like that or, or like a Hernan Perez, who's actually with the Braves, believe it or not. Uh, like someone, someone like in, in that aspect, but no, the Braves believe in their developmental staff, you know, how they're developing. They, they scout very well, even their own farm system, their own pipeline. And, uh, they, you know, they decided to bring Vaughn Grissom up, gets the flight, quick flight over to Boston. Uh, gets put in the lineup right away, hitting ninth, right behind Michael Harris, who was also in Double A earlier this year and got called straight up from Double A AA to Triple A. And Vaughn Grissom, if I I'm gonna have to stat uh, stat check this, but I'm pretty sure he only had 22 games in Double A this year. Didn't go to Triple A at all and was in High A in Rome. Correct. 22 games. Uh, isn't that crazy? And he gets called up, watching his at bats. It was awesome. Um, you know, first two at bats, they are what they are, and then third at bat, boom, absolute bomb. I was eating dinner with uh with my parents, and I stood up because I had the game on. I was like, we need to turn the Red Sox game on, and I just started jumping around like literally in the same exact spot I was when Maglia Ardonias hit the walk off bomb in 2006 uh, against the A's to go to the World Series. Literally in the same chair, basically did the same, you know, jumping around like just. Oh, it was like, it was cool being at, at my house that I grew up in where I just watched baseball, baseball all day. And, uh, like a cool moment like that happened. Um, and then fourth at bat gets a, uh, gets a single, hits a single steals second. And I'm just like, dude, this kid, this is what's so much fun about prospecting because you, you watch these kids so early on. And then when they finally make it, like you're invested, like it's more than just like, a call, like you're invested in this kid. You've been watching his at bats. Like it's, it's just a different, like I'm not a Braves fan, but it was like, that was exciting. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like, I found your tweet one day ago before he gets the call up. I think we might be looking at your shortstop for the Braves next year. Dot, dot, dot. And, uh, here we are. Dude. One day later, already up in the majors. Already hitting bombs clear out of Fenway. Or the Green Monster. Over. Right over. I mean, that did not hit some fans and bounce over. That went straight over and out. Missile. Um, so, obviously, you know, a lot of fun. The, the craziest stat, and this is really my like the reason why I knew this kid was legit, was he was high school teammates with Riley Green. So I mean that alone. That, I mean that alone makes you a star. 
if yep. if uh, I know anything about baseball, it's <laughs> who was your teammate in high school? All right, you're a stud. Yeah. All jokes aside, though, but that's actually how uh, how I started watching them because I saw like Riley Riley Green something with with those two. I'm like, oh, who's this kid? And there wasn't a lot of chatter about him, but he was doing well even last year. You know, well enough where his value for his cards were so cheap where I just kept an eye on him. And this year he just took off, um, which was really exciting, obviously. But that brings me to the next fact with with the card prices. So, you know, I've been monitoring his cards for a while. So I, I've seen them projecting up. And then last night, you know, first when he gets the call up, eBay just goes wild, just like normal. You know, everyone, every, you know, he doesn't have a lot of cards. He only has autos for his Bowman first nothing else no base no color non-autos nothing so it's just autos and i know i talk about that a lot with that different aspect so his print run is already pretty pretty minimal um and there's not there wasn't a lot on ebay the last couple months and last night oh my gosh he has like a contender auto he has uh minor league heritage some cards there but anyways they, it gets cleared out you know it gets cleared out very quick buy it now and then, then he, then you start seeing more stuff listed. Then you start seeing the crazy stuff, the golds, the oranges, the reds, all this stuff that that's been, you know, how I always talk about tucked away and, and it's hard to find. That's like, I, at the national, there's a few people that I met there that had, that had quite a bit of Vaughn Grissom because I was looking for them. People knew I was looking for them and they're like, oh, I'm not selling them. And I'm like, this is such a great teaching point because there's so many people out there. If they like a player and they're vested in baseball and they do this prospecting thing all the time, they'll buy five or six, but they eliminate them from the market, like from, from production because they're not going to sell them till later on. And even I talked to a lot of them, even after they're like, eh, I might sell one or two to, you know, put that money into the next guy. Um, but going back to that, his car prices go crazy. Like his Bowman Chrome boat. Go ahead. Uh, I was just, I had some card prices here, but. Okay. Uh, I'm going to just shoot from the hip here, but I want to bring you, bring you in for that. But they were selling pretty consistently anywhere from like 85 to 95 for, for a good bit for maybe like three weeks or so. Um, and then last night, I know they were just going wild. I'll let you, you're good at. Naming those so numbers. August 9th. Okay. August 9th, two days ago. Blue Auto sells best offer three twenty five. Base Auto one hundred dollars best offer. So blue number one fifty three twenty five. Base one hundred. All right. Fast forward to August eleventh, which is today, the day we are recording. The Blue Auto was three twenty five, right? A base auto sold for two hundred forty five dollars today. The night after all of the two hundred forty five. A purple auto. 450. Blue Auto two days ago, 325. Purple Auto today, 450. A PSA 10. <coughs> excuse Ooh. me. A PSA 10 Blue Auto today, $2,348. That's $2,000 more for the PSA 10 than you could have gotten the raw two days ago. I mean, this dude is blowing. Can, can up. I? I'm going to rattle some things off just to like put it in perspective. So on July 13th, I bought 
six Bowman Chrome autos, all from the same guy. For all right, no, July 7th. I bought three, a lot of three of them for 155. So three of them together. Then I bought six of them on July 23rd. So you start to see them go up for $90 a piece. But then I bought a purple July 20th for $175. So last night you said $1450. Like it's just crazy. And then like the gold, I bought a gold August 1st true gold for a thousand. And then I bought some just random autos, like some of the contender stuff that was cheap. I was like, oh, like, I think this is cool. Cause I, I actually do like the contenders autos for, for random things. But it's just crazy. If like, if you can get early, like very early in on these guys, especially with the aspect, and I want to bring this up afterwards, the aspect where if they only have autos or if they don't have autos is their Bowman Chrome first. I think that it has a huge factor. Um, but one thing I, I wanted to bring up and Nate, I know we, we, we definitely are big advocates of this is like, okay, you, you know, we're all excited about this kid. You know, everyone, you know, is excited and the prices shoot up right now is probably not the best time to buy because you got to look at the whole grand scheme of things. Long Grissom is a band-aid for this. Like he's not supposed to be called up right now. He's a kid that was maybe next year out of spring training where right now it's kind of like a band-aid. I would love to hear the philosophy behind why calling Vaughn up rather than a, a different guy, but let things settle. If you have them, maybe like if you have some, maybe sell them now, um, like a, like hedge it and get into the next guy. But I'm telling you right now, this is, I do not advise buying this kid. Even if he has a great, you know, rest of the year, you still have the off season right around the corner where, you know, I think, I think this will be, it will go like, it will go up and then go down. And then probably during spring training, it'll probably go back up again, but take it for granted. So like the, like the Bowman heritage stuff, like his base cards are selling crazy. His pro debut. I saw like his pro debut Chrome base selling for crazy. Um, so just take that for a grain of salt. And, and honestly, I think here's another thing I was thinking is, Okay, if his if his Bowman Heritage stuff is going for what it is, his pro debut stuff, a lot of the stuff that his base stuff is going for, maybe look at how much is the product worth. If you can buy a box for, you know, this amount and it, that that wax hasn't gone up yet, maybe that's a buy quick buy there and then flip it there rather than buying that single. If you truly believe in the kit, if you really want that card, you know, maybe it's actually worth better if you just buy the wax and rip it and maybe get a couple of them. Yeah. Potentially. Uh, I, uh, I, I agree with you. And I would say I would go so far as if I had base autos of a kid and I've done this before, <clears throat> five base autos easily found again, I'm selling them right now. $225, $215, whatever I get, $200. I'm fairly confident. You know, it's not, he's not going to be any hotter than getting called up from double a and hitting a home run in his first ep, in his first game. There, there, it's not it, it maybe, maybe it gets hotter than that, but I would give it like a 95% chance that that doesn't happen or a 99% chance that that, that doesn't happen. And therefore, you could sell your Bowman cards right now, your Bowman autos, not not super rare ones. I wouldn't advise, like Jimbo has orange shimmers, no chance I'd advise selling those unless you just want to be done with Von Grisham and on to the next guy. <clears throat> um, but if I had base autos, I would sell those. And I would expect to be able to find them back again 
in the off season and probably like the $160 range, right? And buy back in and I'll make a $100 profit if I've got two of them or a $50 profit if I've got like one of them and then buy back in, I've got 50 bucks and the card still. Because there's always going to be more prospects. Like to this day, I like Vaughn Grissom a lot, but I don't like him at the prices now where I'd rather go find value somewhere else now where it's all about finding value for, for these guys. But here's another thing too, is like, okay, what if Vaughn Grissom has a just awesome rest of the season? Guess what people are doing? People are going and finding, going back to their collection and looking for him because he wasn't a guy that they were looking for prior to, to list. And that's why you see a shoot up because there's very few, the, the supply is low on eBay and, you know, all mm -hmm. these other sites where, yeah, it looks like it shoots up. Even if he still go, if he keeps crushing it, everyone's going to be going through their boxes. Their, people at card shows are going to look through value boxes and find them, list them. So really, you know, his market cap might go, might increase, but his supply on the market might increase, which makes it look like the prices aren't going up. Another aspect to keep in mind for guys like this. Correct. Correct. And especially reiterating Jimbo's point, especially because he only has autos, no base, no color, just uh, not base autos or color autos, uh, just no base or color non-autos, but he just has autos. And therefore, you are going to get to the point. And a lot of them probably haven't been pulled. True. Um, And so you're going to get to the point where there's, there's, there's people that just didn't even know and they're putting them out and prices go down and then it's probably going to steady off again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Von Grisham, very fun, very fun. And uh, one last thing before we move on to the main, the main segment I want to talk about today is I would be remiss <clears throat> if I didn't bring them up, bring them up every week, have to bring them up. And I have to bring him up because I'm sure you saw Baseball America. What's that? Never heard of that. Never heard of it. <laughs> uh, I'm Jimbo. Where did Jackson Churio land on Baseball America's top hundred prospect list? Oh, put me on the spot. Now I'm going to fumble. It wasn't it two or three. It was number two. Yeah, he that's went right. From before the season being the eighth ranked prospect on the Brewers list to the number two prospect on the entire list. And there are people that say without a doubt, he is the best prospect in baseball. Dude, he he's doing what Wander did, you know, beforehand, but Wander had the hype before he even came over. Yeah. Jurio is the numbers he's put like, wow. He, he, he is 18. He'll be 18 all the way through until the start of next spring training. That's how young he is. He's nine months younger than the second closest guy in high A, and he currently has an 803 OPS in high A, just hit a home run at 107 miles per hour. 107 miles per hour, obviously, if you're comparing it to the Aaron Judges and the Giancarlo Stantons of the world, not that impressive. He's 18. When you compare an 107-mile-per-hour home run to the fact that he is 18 and barely 18, Turned 18 in March. Goodness gracious. How does he have that strength? How does he have that power? He's not that big of a dude. And you think this is just going to keep going as he's getting older. What's he going to do when he hits 20, 21? What's he going to do when he hits 27? He's probably not going to be a brewer at that point because he's going to be way too expensive if his career pans out like we hope it does. Um, 
but uh, it's just unbelievable. And I've never in my life, <clears throat> I never ex- expected to experience this. And I, I just, fun, I never, I n- never ever. And like, there's one thing, it's one thing to draft, like you had Riley green, you had Spencer yeah. Torkelson, but you drafted him yeah. high. Yeah. And you, and you expect it. Um, when you were signing a guy internationally and it's not one of like the Jason Dominguez top money guys and uh, Jackson Churio was our top money guy a couple years ago, but it wasn't like drastic um the amount of money he got paid. It's just, it's, it's almost like you got a free prospect. You didn't have to tank for um to get them. And so like, it's, it's, I've experienced this before when the Brewers had like Ricky Weeks and Ryan Braun and that stuff where they were, you know, top 10, top 15 prospects. And it's fun, but it's like we had to suck to get those guys. The Brewers have not had to suck the last five years, and yet they're walking away with, according to Baseball America at least, the number and the athletic, athletic has them at number three, the number two prospect in all of baseball. And it's just like, I didn't know what this feeling would be like. <clears throat> the Brewers have never had a top five prospect in my life. And uh, it's incredible. It is it's, as incredible as it gets. It, it, I'm telling you, it is. I was telling my parents this because they're like, I just ever since, you know, I just watch baseball all the time. And they're like, man, you really do just keep watching baseball all day. You know, you're just obsessed still, even as like now you're, you know, the age you are. I'm like, it's so much fun. And it's a, and I was telling about like the, the prospect too. It's like, I'm invested in this guy because I've been watching him for so long. And it's, it hits completely different when it's for your team as well. And these international kids, there's these clubs that, you know, back back early on, you know, international, you know, the dollars that were going into the developmental, uh, you know, scouting and all that overseas was pretty minimal. And it was like half the league was really getting into it. The Orioles Orioles traded away their international dollars every single year. Didn't sign guys. Yeah. and, And it made no sense. Now we're seeing like, teams really investing like all the teams, but that's why you see the Rays. You look at even the Yankees, like the Yankees do really well. Uh, you know, the, the, the nationals, like the, the, the amount of prospects they get to load up their pipelines with these kids is phenomenal. And it's really exciting because it's only going to grow baseball too, to be honest with you. Um, even in Germany, you know, there's, there's a few. Max a few uh, yeah. Uh, Marcus Solback. He was in South Bend with me. He's actually at the Mud Ends now, which is crazy. But but stuff like that, Australia, it's awesome. I you know I think I think it's great for baseball. And um, another thing too is if you look at some of these teams that are that do really well, you can kind of piggyback off of them for the next prospects. Like if they have a good track re- track record, like the Brewers, they got some sneaky guys even past Churio uh, internationally. Where you know the the following Hernandez, yeah, there's. And they like, it's like, okay, maybe I should invest in this kid. If you know the next, next Bowman release, Oh, they got some 18 year old uh, Brewers prospects. No one knows about. And if they're cheap, Hey, I'm going to just kind of like how the Brewers with the, with the pitching staff, like a few guys like that, maybe I should buy some of their cards, throw it in a box just because of their track record. I will say, what a difference a year makes going into this season. I was like, I don't trust the Brewers track record with hitters at all. Mm-hmm. And now you've got like Sal Freelix doing well. Joey Weimer doing well. Garrett Mitchell doing well. Of course, they're all first round. Pick. Well, Joey Weimer was not a first round pick. He's a fifth round pick, but you know, um, or fourth round pick. I 
not 100 percent sure it was 2020 when there was only five rounds so it was of either fourth or fifth um <clears throat> but garrett mitchell sal freelick joy weimer bryce Terang, you know these guys are doing well their first round picks yada yada you, you expect it for the most part but then you have guys like Jackson Churio and Hendry Mendez, who Hendry hasn't hit power yet, but his eye at the plate is uncanny for somebody so young. And so it's like interesting. Well, then you have got guys like this, Jace Avina. Um, Jace Avina is a name that like popped up early, but he doesn't have any cards and he was a 14th round pick. So I was like, ah, yeah, whatever. Not really paying close attention to him. And then within the last couple of weeks, I started seeing his name more. In rookie ball this year as a 19-year-old, 14th-round pick, mind you, last year <coughs> as a high schooler, he had a 294 batting average, 436 on base, 630 slugging, 1,067 OPS, eight doubles, one triple, 10 home runs in uh, in rookie ball. He gets called up to A ball, three games. He's hit 286 with a 286 on base and 1,071 slugging because in those three games, he's had three home runs and a triple. Jeez, beats. Um, now, now, will he keep it up? I don't it'd be know. Tough for that, to continue. Well, it'd be, it would be tough to, for that, but will he keep it up with relative to like, will he get a 900 OPS or something? I don't know. I don't know. But it, it's just, it's one of those things where he's starting to make waves. <clears throat> and he was, he was a dude that, you know, you draft somebody, even a high schooler, you draft him after. You know, like the fifth round, people are just kind of like, we'll see what happens. And mm -hmm. for my experience, a lot of times the Brewers draft these high schoolers that aren't in the first two rounds or three rounds. They usually flame out pretty quick or they flame out after a couple of years or, you know, they never get out of double A type of thing. And I've seen it so many times. Um, uh, we had this M McClanahan kid that we drafted in the 11th round or 10th round gave a 11th round because it was the round after when you got the hundred thousand dollars for free and then anything after that came out of your draft pool um mm -hmm. and we signed for like a million dollar deal and they're like this kid has big power yada 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 i haven't heard a thing about him in years what what year was that do you remember i do i do not remember it might have been 2018 might have been oh, 2019 so watch the rays the rays will draft for him or somehow and then we'll hear about him in two years yeah, but it's just it, it's 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 fun. It's cool. And it, it's amazing the difference a year makes, because going into this season, people would ask me about Brewers prospects. And I would say after after the Hedbert experience, after the Garrett Mitchell experience, after watching what they did, to, <coughs> excuse me, after watching what they did to Keston Hira and those guys, it's like I don't trust the Brewers at all to develop a hitter. I trust him immensely to develop pitching. I don't trust him to develop a hitter. And now you got the quartet in AAA because they called up their entire outfield and Bryce Trang was already there that are performing well. And you have Jackson Churio and younger guys like that. It's fun. Dude, you, All right. Let's now, yeah. One last thing that I, I just thought of, and I was thinking this a couple days ago was, one thing that I would love to get back into a lot of times. So these scouts, these scouts go out and then they, they basically like are the advocates of these players that they draft or sign or whatever. A lot of times, like I remember I used to be pretty good with this because I would, I'd be talking to a lot of the scouts uh, like when I was with Tigers and stuff. And 
but if you, you can basically see like their report card on all the different players and there's a, one of the scouts for the Braves, he's the one that keeps finding all these guys. It's like him specifically where I'll start to do more research on it, but finding out some of these scouts that just have a good eye for baseball that find these guys way earlier than, than we would probably ever even know about them where mm-hmm. that's something that would be interesting that I would love to bring, bring to the people. Um, and I'll start looking into that, but I wanted to remind you to hopefully remind me if I do get off track and forget about that. All right. I will try to remind you. Uh, they've always said Nathan Roybaugh and world's greatest memory go hand in hand. So <laughs> we, we shall see if I can remind you of that. Um, one last thing I want to talk to you about today, Jimbo, we've hit the 30 minute mark here. Sorry. So no, 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 you're good. You're good. Let's not make this take like 10 minutes or anything. This will be pretty quick. <clears throat> so I'm doing research for the five at five on Fernando Tatis Jr. And I'm looking at his tops gold rookie PSA 10 number to 2019. And it was at $950 and I don't have the stats up anymore. So I'm speaking these from memory. So if some of these facts and figures are off, forgive me, but the concept will be accurate. <clears throat> 950 bucks. Dropped 39% in the last six months. And I said to myself, that seems like a really good like thing to talk about. Hey, this has dropped 39%. You could buy in. You could make big money, yada, yada, yada. And as I'm sitting there thinking about it, I said, well, one second. Let me take a second before I settle on this as my topic to go check Similar players, similar players. I mean, Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna, Otani, Black Guerrero Jr. Um, not not Wander right now because of his poor year and injury. I didn't want to and cards just coming out. I didn't want to check that because PSA, the first PSA 10 golds are obviously going to be absurdly expensive. So he didn't work for this. <clears throat> so I was like, let me go check. Let me go check the next cards. And what do I stumble upon? Vlad Guerrero Jr. Gold PSA 10 from Tops Update started at $425 down to $274, a drop of 35.53%, rounding up 36%. So a drop of 36% in the last six months for for Vlad Guerrero Jr. Gold, um, number to the year 2019. And it's like, okay, Vlad had a little bit of a, a tough streak there, but now he's been absurdly hot in the last month. 20-game hitting streak, hitting bombs, uh, playing out of his mind. You know, you'd expect an uptick. Well, there really hasn't been a huge uptick in the last month. Um, I can pull the stat up here real quick. In the last month, it's been a drop of 2%. So, like, what's going on here? And then I look up Soto Acuna and Otani earlier, and I'm speaking these from memory. Soto was a drop of 32%, I believe, from close to 3,000 or 3,000 exactly down to $2,011. Um, a drop of 32% on the six month timetable here. Acuna, <coughs> and you got to remember, Soto also had like not a great start, but he picked it up by the All Star break. And was traded. So you'd expect a bump back up because of both those things hasn't happened. Um, At least not to what it was six months ago or even close because it's down 32%. And then you look at Ronald Acuna and and you're like, okay, Ronald Acuna Jr. was injured. And 
last year and he's coming back this year. And so there should be a rise and we'll see. And he hasn't been that amazing this year. Eight, eight something OPS. <clears throat> he also dropped 39%. Tatis, 39% drop. Acuna, despite playing, 39% drop. And then Otani, card ladder did not have his tops gold um, n- number to 2018 uh, from either the top series two or tops update. But they did have a Topps Chrome Sapphire, which is a really nice card. So I grabbed that Topps Chrome Sapphire PSA 10. That dropped 25% in the last six months. And so <clears throat> for me, and I want to get your take on what you're seeing here um, from those facts and figures if you want to give it. Uh, but for me, it just goes to show you that, you know, you always have to research contemporaries when you're researching other guys. And sometimes it helps and sometimes it doesn't. Um, you know, you can research a guy that and compare his numbers to another prospect. And sometimes there's other factors at work. You know, if you're comparing a third round pick that has become very good to a guy that was the number two overall pick in a draft or number one overall pick in a draft, you know, those aren't exactly the most com- they're comparable because of their talent levels. But the hype around them is not the as story. comparable. Yeah, there's the story behind it. <laughs> yeah. So, like, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I would argue that the stories around Acuna and Tatis and Soto and Otani and Vlad and Wander and now Julio, when he gets his tops gold, um, they're all kind of the same type of prospect, same type of player, same type of upward trajectory. And so I think they kind of work. Obviously, there's differences inside those stories. Soto getting traded, Tatis getting injured, Acuna coming back from injury. I get it. I get it, but it, it, it they're all kind of the same hype. And um, you always got to do your research because if you just looked at Tatis and you said drop 39% in the last six months and you know he's coming back from injury, you'd say automatic buy, automatic buy. You know, I'm going to make so much money. I'm going to make 39% when he comes back, starts playing well. But then you look at the other guys and you say, oh, I mean, especially Otani. Like, say what you want about Vlad. You know, not having the hottest start. Say what you want about Acuna not having the hottest start. Say what you want about Soto um, not having the hottest start and then getting traded and stuff. But Otani, <clears throat> sure, his bat hasn't been as good as last year, but still been good. His pitching has been better than last year now, by a long shot. He's one of the top five pitchers in the AL now. He was not last year, and he's still probably a top 20 bat. Oh, yeah. And so, and even he's dropped 25%. And so I just wanted to bring that up because it's like, it's crazy to me what these young stars have been doing. And maybe they are just overvalued in general, but it's also crazy to me how like you can get really quickly deceived into believing you found a uh, market inefficiency if you don't do the extra steps of researching contemporaries. Thousand percent. And I looked that was really smart of you do because when you first told me that you're like, you know, Tatis was down, you know, X amount. And I thought it was a buy. And then I thought it was brilliant that you looked at the entire market of all these guys. Uh, but like historically, this is what I've been finding out after the all-star break, usually baseball for like the vet, the guys that are already in the, in the big leagues, their stuff goes down is what I've seen. And I think it's because people are getting excited for, because usually the all-star game is around the national where mm-hmm. people start to really switch to, to football. football. 
And then you start to see a decline and then you start to see baseball have a nice bump up for playoffs. Not a huge bump, but just a little bit in prospects. Prospecting is kind of usually just depends on the individual. Uh, but no, I, I think that was good. The, the thing with Tatis, I'm honestly shocked that his, he, he's decreased around the same as these other guys. But it, now that I was thinking, I wonder if there's a factor where, there's a lot of people thinking the same thing. Maybe there's just less supply because people are holding on to them and waiting to list, which I don't know. Like that would have to, we would have to go deeper into that. But I, I mean, that, um, that could be the case here. Let me give you a little, uh, 15 sales on the Vlad, on the Vlad, uh, gold PSA 10 in the last six months. And let's get to Tease in here. There was ooh, 25 sales. Of course, there might be more <coughs> Tatis Golds graded. Uh, tough to say, 297 pop on that. Um, let me pull up Acuna. Uh, PSA 10. And we've got pop 190, only 10 sales. So, in fact, there's actually... You combine Acuna and Vlad together, and they equal the amount of sales that Tatis has had. Oh wow! So I was wrong on that. That's why you always should check the facts. That's why. Car Are you on Car Ladder? Yeah, dude, Car Ladder. That's why I've been loving using that because you can fact check yourself so quick. Car Ladder is amazing, and for for kicks and giggles, let's pull up Soto, um, just so we have that in the back of our heads. Also, uh, Soto PSA ten. <coughs> That is had 19 sales. So, in it, it honestly, only only a six sale difference between yeah. Soto and Tatis in the last six months. That's not a huge amount, but you then remember that you know the pop on these is only, I mean, Soto's 201. You know, there's not that many PSA tens right. out there, all things considered. Yeah, at the end of the day, though, I, I you know not to go deeper in this, but I would be very curious what the base like what base stuff goes, it's just always better to buy this rare stuff no matter what, because like knowing, like I didn't know that the pop was only at 200 like that. That's very interesting. Yeah. Also uh, real quick, just to cap it off. Cause I brought up the Otani Sapphire 101 pop and 15 sales in the last six months. Yeah. So Tatis did have the largest amount of sales, but it wasn't, it wasn't, Drastic. you know, it's not, he also has the highest pop. Remember that Tatis had like 274 pop. Everyone else had like 200 and under. Um, so that has a little bit to do with it. <clears throat> yeah. So I love um, just, you know, something to keep in mind for everyone out there. And, uh, you know, not everything with stats and with cards. If you take stuff at baseline value, you can get deceived. Um, and you can also be deceived by people if they are reporting on cards and they say, Hey, here's this one card drop 39% super undervalued. You should go buy. If I just said that, then you'd be like, that's a really smart idea. I should go buy. maybe, maybe not. Maybe you'd say, Nathan, you're an idiot. Look at these other cards. Um, but uh, always, you can never dig too deep. It's true. Think outside that's the box. What? Think outside the box. With, Think outside the with. box with some of these stats and comparing stuff. Don't just, just don't go buy stuff because you hear it or see it or whatever. Like have a reason, have a why to ask yourself, why am I buying this? 
Correct. Correct. And and that and having a why is the reason why I almost never buy anything. <laughs> like, why am I buying this? It's like because it's sitting here right now, or because you really want it. True. Uh, because it's sitting here right now. Okay, you don't really want it. Don't buy it. So, sure. all right, Jimbo. Well, I'm gonna say let's wrap it up there. It's almost yeah. three o'clock. It's uh, four o'clock your time, so you'll have a nice night then. Uh, thank you for joining today. We had some good conversation. Yeah, that was Any fun. We did a little bit of everything. Talked about a little bit of everything, which was nice. That was nice. That really was nice. I like getting into. I like my like rookie MLB market stuff and I like my prospects and I like to kind of get it all together. Well, uh, any last words today before we sign off? Have a great weekend. Be safe. And uh, we'll have another one next week. Perfect. Well, thank you everyone for listening to today's Dinging Corners and we will talk to you guys again next Friday. Ciao, ciao.